Next on this Best of BYU Sports Nation, BYU Basketball All Access with head coach Dave Rose, Tyler Hawes, and Chase Fisher. Plus, Sports Illustrated's Jeff Benedict and NFL Hall of Famer Steve Young. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Friday, this is how we do it. Merry Christmas the day after. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here on BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, wherever and however you're dialing. Great to have you with us. Did you have a good Christmas? Oh, it was tremendous. I loved it. And only 364 more days until the next. Unless there's a... Is it a leap year? I don't, I don't know. That might, I don't know. Maybe it's... 365. <laughs> Do we, are we doing a countdown to Christmas? 365. Five. Four, four. And a four and a half. <laughs> it's a leap year. Over under 364 and a half. <laughs> I don't know. That was great. Christmas is awesome with little kids, man. It is. Last year, my child was like seven months old or something. This, this year, totally 18, different. 19 months is... Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Everything is such a big deal. Even oh, the yeah. box, you know... Like, why did we I spend just gave, 30 bucks we, on the toy? They just want to play with the box. We just gave Venna boxes. <laughs> she doesn't need actual toys, right? That's what grandma and grandpa are for. That is very true. Let, let the grandparents spoil the children. Just kidding. BYU Sports Nation simulcast in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. He's an all-star scout team player from last year. Can you name this person, Jerem? Uh, Chase Fisher. That is correct. Or Isaac Nielsen? Or it's Chase Mullet. Fisher. Okay. Has a sight set on winning the West Coast Conference. That'll be tough. Gonzaga is a world beater this year. BYU Sports Nation had Chase on media day to give us his preview of the year and what he expects to accomplish. He shoots threes. I, I imagine you are you are itching to get on the floor against Long Beach State. Oh, absolutely. It's been a uh, it's been a long year, rough year, and at some points uh, mentally, but. No, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good year. What are you the most excited about? Um, I think just kind of being around the guys and having, like, a purpose for me. Because, I mean, last year I was around the guys and doing everything they do, except it was kind of like when practice started, you kind of get go to the scout team and you're not really involved. You're just kind of doing your own thing. So I think just being around everybody and uh, and preparing for games and really being in game prep, um, it's kind of taking my game to another level and my intensity because, like, I'm actually playing now. So – it feels good. That said, Jamal Ates told us last year that, that you and he like made it a point to dominate yeah. the, the A team. How did that go last year? Um, I don't want to make any outlandish comments, but I'm going <laughs> to. Wait, wait um, what? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to. Please do. We, our scout team, at some points in the year, I'm going to say most of the year, beat our first team more than they beat us. <laughs> what so, place would you have finished in the WCC? That's the what me and Jamal team. were talking about. I was going to say... Fourth or fifth, <laughs> if we're being honest. Well, because we had me, Jamal, Isaac, Jordan Ellis, Isaac, Noah Hartsock played. Noah probably wouldn't have had eligibility in the WCC, but I get yeah. you. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we had a good team. That's pretty good. Yeah. You should throw in uh, Cody Fuger in there. Yeah, but. Is he, he the best three point shooter on the team? Have you seen him? We play pickup yeah, with him a lot. Man. I've, did, you like, guys, did you guys play this morning? I no, think. No. He played this morning. Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. Well, he's, he's like a, 70%. It's unbelievable. He's a streaky guy. I'm going to be honest. He's he's not knocked down, but he's a gritty player. He's a veteran. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cliche. Wow. <laughs> Chase Fisher with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is BYU Basketball Media Day. We just talked to Anson Winder. He wanted us to ask you a couple of questions. 
Hit me. First, have you made any gains lately? Weight gains. I've been making all mu- ki- I've been ma- I've been mass. making all kinds of gains. Gains for days? What? I'm 192 pounds, solid muscle, 7% <laughs> body fat. My macronutrients are on point. My micronutrients you're, are even you're better. You're what? Your macronutrients? Whoa, yeah, whoa. your fats, carbs, and proteins, baby. Yeah, I'm man. a big health guy. Yeah. I'm into that. And uh, yeah, so to answer Anson's question, I've been making some gains, yeah. Is your accent your uh, social competitive advantage in Provo? Uh, yes, I would say it's my social competitive advantage. Somebody actually just said something about my accent in my bowling class I just had. So um, You're like, yeah, I I'm really from Payson. Think, I think I'm really proper, though, and I think I've – you know, I, I I speak properly, but people think like I'm really twangy, and everybody. Else, <laughs> t- Coach Nashif always makes fun of my accent, like, and I don't think it's that bad, but I think whatever, it's man. I think you have a good accent. I my dad's that. from Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, okay, and I grew up eating grits and coleslaw and hush puppies oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah, that's the good. I feel stuff, you, man. brother. That's the good stuff. I feel you, brother. <laughs> the second question Anson wanted us to ask you is, who's your best roommate? Who's my best roommate? Um, well, he should have rephrased that. Because he's my only roommate, okay. but he's also my best roommate. <laughs> 100% touchdown. Yeah. Anson Winder. Good for Ants for asking that question. That was a good one. Yeah. He had a chance to kind of go after you because yeah. I was like, does Chase play defense? I just opened the door. He didn't walk through it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I appreciate that about Ants. Me and Ants, one thing, we go at each other a lot. Not just friendly, but when it comes down to it, that's my room dog. You always got to have your room dogs back, so... I love ants, man. Room dog. That's a new one for me. I love it. <laughs> so you're like you're like brother. It's a brotherly relationship. It's a brotherly relationship, no question about it. Chase Fisher with us on BYU Basketball Media Day here on BYU Sports Nation. This season, a lot of anticipation with the senior leadership that's in place. Anson talked about his role. We already mm-hmm. talked to Tyler Haas. What what are the realistic expectations for BYU basketball in the upcoming season? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it's easy for a lot of teams right before the season to say, you know what, we want to win a national championship, we want to do this, and we want to do that. But I think our mindset right now is we have a, we have a great schedule, we're in a great conference, we've got a great team, and I think we have a lot of good chemistry coming there. Our goal is just to win every game we play. That's mm-hmm. what we say. We're coming into every single game. We're going into Maui trying to win every game. Long Beach, our opener. We're trying to win every single game we play. And I think if you approach it with that mindset, you don't get caught up in the hype and what you want to do this season. You just say, listen, every game we go out, we're going to give it 100% and try and win every game we play. So I think that's our mindset. What games stick out to you on the schedule that you're especially excited for? Um, Long Beach State, obviously, just because it's the opener, and that'll be big for me uh, personally. But I think, um, I think San Diego State, is big and uh, Gonzaga. I've always, I've ever since like since I got here, Gonzaga's really been. I think we open in conference with them, right? Yeah, at what, home. What at an home. opener! Yeah, so I think that's one I'm really looking forward to. So the mindset of a shooter is uh, an interesting place. We want to go inside the mind of Chase Fisher. This is dangerous. Okay, very dangerous. You you have to be a guy where you can airball a three pointer, and then yeah. the next time down the floor, you're like, give give me the ball. How how does that work? Um, it's. It's tough, and I think throughout my career, um, and especially at Wake Forest, I think I was a little bit different too, is that I, uh, I would do that. I'd airball one, or I'd miss one really badly, or I'd miss a couple in a row, and I'd get really down on myself. But I think um, you just have to be really confident, and I think as I've gotten older, I've become more and more confident, and now I think I'm at my peak confidence maybe. <laughs> um, no, but I think you just really have to be confident in your abilities and confident in what you do. And, you know, I'm not going to just take a crazy shot just to take a crazy shot. You know, I'm going to take a shot I think I can make. So I just think, man, it's all confidence. And for me, I, I've stopped worrying about my shot. I don't 
if I'm saying, oh, man, I'm missing the left, my hand's here, I'm not getting enough rotation, this, 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 I do not do that at all. My dad used to really, like, correct my shot. And I, I've stopped doing that completely. And I'm just a, a feel shooter, and I feel how I'm feeling, and I just do it. So I think for me, just being free flow and, you know, staying positive is good, too. Got a Twitter question for you at JPNets54. What can you bring to the table offensively besides three-point shooting? Um, you know, I think one thing for me that I've worked on a lot this offseason and last year uh, when I was redshirting is really handling the ball. And I'm, I think, me personally, I think I'm really good off ball screens. I'm a great passer. I have a good feel for the game. So I think that's an underrated part for my game is my off-the-dribble game and, um, you know, being a passer. Because I think I really find open guys and I have a good feel for the game. So I think, And I've gotten a lot bigger and stronger too, so I think I can handle guys off of pick and rolls. And that's one area I've expanded my game. Hashtag macronutrients. Hashtag micronutrients as well. Just as important. Just as important. Gains for days. We Gains. To, Jeremy and I have just started working out like every day. We need to have a conversation, Chase. We do. Let's sit down and break some stuff down. I'd love to talk to you guys. Breaking my muscles down, man. <laughs> Another question in from Twitter. This one from at Lasersheep. Can you throw it down? Can I throw it down? Um, yes, I can throw it down. I'm not a guy who's going to impress you with my dunking. Hey, and a three-pointer is worth more than a throwing it down. Fact. To laser sheep. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, actually, I, ha- I can throw it down. And I actually had surgery on my meniscus this summer because I guess it was torn mm. for like a year and a half and I didn't even what, know. Wow. And, Which one? Uh, my left one. Mm. And it's, I feel better than ever. And I remember the first time I came back, like four weeks after the surgery, I was feeling good, and I dunked one, like in a pickup – or like in, in between a pickup game really easily. So – I can dunk a lot easier now than I could. Let's just put it that way. Are you fully healed from that? Oh, yeah. When 100%. was that? Um, August. Maybe, yeah. No, no, no. July, I think. It was mid-July. This and, July. Yeah, this July. Wow. So. Okay. Uh, when you look at the upcoming season, lots of new guys on this roster, yeah. including yourself, uh, for the first time in games. Tell us about some of the newer guys that people should watch out for that haven't seen play yet. Mm. Um, you know, I think one guy that I just walked over here with actually, Kyle Davis from Utah State, just came. I really like his game. Unfortunately, um, ineligible to play this yeah, year. Yeah, really but. good, really good player. Jake Toulson, freshman coming in, really smart, really getting the hang of things. Um, I think all three freshmen, Dalton Nixon and Andrus, they're all very skilled. Is what is what I think is really good for us. So I think we have good freshmen coming in. Um, and our, who else do we have? Corbin Kafusi is Corbin, the one that oh, I man. think people are especially excited about. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a freak, man. And I've been at Wake Forest. We had some freak athletes, some guys that are just five star recruits. This, and he's, I mean, more athletic and more freaky wow. than I've seen anyone. So I think, wow. uh, and he obviously needs to get a feel for the game and the speed of the game and the plays and everything. But and I think he's doing that. He's doing great. So um, yeah, he's he's going to be a factor. He's really just physically gifted, and he's a great guy too. So. Chase Fisher, shooting guard, BYU basketball on BYU Basketball Media Day here. Scoring guard. Scoring, sorry, scoring guard. Appreciate that. Hashtag gains. <laughs> <laughs> well, peop, we know your backstory because you've told us this mm-hmm. uh, on, on BYU Sports Nation before, but how did you end up at BYU of all places? <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a crazy road. Uh, when I decided to transfer from Wake, um, I mean, I was fielding calls from school, different schools and stuff, and Mark Popo I knew from Wake Forest, he was an assistant there, he called me, um, and I didn't answer at first, it was like midnight, East Coast time, and uh, I think he was at the Final Four, called me again, and then I, I talked to him, and he was just like, hey man, what's up, he's from BYU, and he just started talking to me, and I was, I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I don't really know anything about BYU, I love BYU, because I knew, I love Jimmer, and then I mm-hmm. followed it and stuff, but... The next day, he calls me again. We talk a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, I still don't know, and he just keeps calling me every single day. 
Um, and then him and Coach Rose fly out to Winston-Salem, and Wake, where Wake Forest is in North Carolina. And we sit down and talk. And my dad came down uh, from West Virginia and talked and stuff. And, you know, we just had a good feel for the coaches. And then I came out to visit, and I was still kind of like, ah, I mean, it's BYU. I have to take a visit. It's a great school, great basketball school. Um, and I came out here, and I, you know, fell in love with everything. I loved Utah. You know, I met Matt, Matt Carlino when he was here. Um, I met Ty, Tyler Halls. I met Ants and a lot of the guys. And I just really had a good feel for them all. And I really trusted Coach Rose and Coach Pope. And, I mean, Coach Rose, obviously one of the best coaches in the nation. So um, I just thought it was, kind of, it was kind of a leap of faith for me because I'm always on the East Coast. So I just said, you know what, why not? And, I, uh, and now I'm here. So Fantastic. I think people are excited to see you play this year. Yeah. Uh, at some guy named T. La Combe, he says, <laughs> you don't want in his mind Tim Lacombe. Who is that guy? Assistant coach. <laughs> Who is you this guy? You don't want in his mind. That's what he said. Reaction? Um... You know what? I, I don't have anything to say to that because I think I've, I've got a brilliant mind. A beautiful mind? A beautiful mind. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I've got, I got a lot of haters out there, obviously, you know. But I don't yeah, know if this, that's actually hating. But This T. Lacombe guy. Yeah. How dare wow. he? At Hillsdale Mag, Chase, you or Tyler one-on-one? Oh, one-on-one? Me. Um, I'm going to say me. And I know is Ty, Ty came on already. Yeah, okay, he, that's a good thing. So because uh, Ty, Ty can get can, real crazy with the things he says, he gets really. That guy out is of outspoken. Line. Yeah, we talked to him. We talked him about him honing down his getting in players' faces. I know. I was like, and... stop punching people, man. Oh yeah, stop Ty, Bronson Kafusening. Ty, Ty, Ty gets crazy. Um, no, you know what? Obviously, I'm going to say me, but Ty's a great player. Obviously, he's unreal one-on-one player scorer. Um, that'd be a good game. I'm not even going to. I'm going to say me, but that's a tough one because. Ty's tough to guard. I'm tough to guard. So, I don't know. Me and Ty are about the same weight now, though. He dropped some pounds. Yeah, he's lighter. Yeah, he so told us that. It's the I don't thing know. Right I now. might take him in the post a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, really? show, him the, show him those gains a little bit. But, <laughs> no, I mean that that'd be a good game. I don't know. What uh, What was playing in the ACC like? A couple, maybe a couple experiences you had that you think mm-hmm. will help you benefit. You know, you played at Duke and that kind of yeah. Thing. Um, at Carolina, I think just being on that that big of a stage every night, it was kind of a you know, a really big atmosphere and a big game. And every night you're going up against, and it's the same at BYU, but every night you're going up against, you know, really, really good players. And all Americans, all state guys, everybody's a really good player. And I think, you know, the the bright lights and the stages of places won't affect me as much. And I mean, everybody's going to be a little starstruck. But now I've been through that for two years. Um, and I think that will really help. And just the process of kind of, the travel and the playing in the big venues and preparing for these really good teams, I think, uh, will help me a lot. And you know, because people can get overwhelmed with that. That's a lot of stuff. And then you have to Certainly. go out there and perform. So I think for me, I'm just kind of literally focused on playing. And everything else is I've been through, I've done that. You know, I'm a lot more mature now. So I think just focusing on playing is, is the best part of that. How does the atmosphere at the Marriott Center compare to some of those ACC atmospheres that you saw? Oh, it's better than all of them, I think. Even I, and I really think it's better than Duke's. Duke's atmosphere, really? was, Duke's atmosphere was pretty crazy. Um, but I really think, man, that this many people in the Marriott Center and so how the sheer loud volume. it gets. The sheer volume and just the fan base. and I, I mean, it's up there with Duke. I, I really think so. It's, hmm. it's awesome. So, I mean, there's a lot of good places in the ACC, obviously. Virginia was really cool to play in. Maryland was really cool to play in. So, I think – but BYU's up there with, with all of them easily. Let's hope Chase brings his 
prime macro and micronutrients for his game against Gonzaga tomorrow. He needs to make some gains tomorrow against Gonzaga. Big game. You need you need a Chase Fisher in this game. You need everybody, but you need a Chase Fisher. Yeah, BYU needs three scores for sure to be in every game. But if they have a fourth, now we're talking. I mean, if, if Chase can be that fourth score along with Anson Winder and then what you get from Tyler Haas and Kyle Collinsworth, things are going to be good for BYU when all four of those guys are scoring in the future. It's going to be tough. It's a tough game with Gonzaga. But your best chance to win of all possibly three games if you play them in the title game in, in Vegas is tomorrow in Provo. Win in front of your crazy, raucous home crowd. Shoot the three well. Who knows? They beat Gonzaga last year. This is a different Gonzaga team. Uh, it's a big one. Absolutely. And that's an understatement. Up next, what will it take to pass Jimmer for that scoring record? Watch Tyler Hawes. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Amanana, tomorrow, Saturday, 6 Eastern Time, BYU and Gonzaga, ESPN2 and BYU Radio have the call. Gonzaga. It's not the Zogs. Yeah. <laughs> we learned that last year. It's we not asked... gun and it's not Zaga. It's gone. Gone. And Zaga. Like gone girl. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Before the basketball season tipped off, we, at, we asked Tyler Haas about what improvements he made over the offseason to get ready for this year. Let's hope that he's made enough improvements on his ankle that he can be effective against Gonzaga tomorrow as well. Tyler Hawes might be the way BYU gets into the NCAA tournament. Certainly feels that way. But this is what he thinks will make the season successful in his eyes. We have a commercial coming out soon, the three of us. And your acting yeah. skills are... Woo. Thanks. Yeah, I've worked really hard on them. <laughs> I think your jump shot's better than your acting skills. I'm just going oh, wow. <laughs> uh, hopefully it turns out okay. Now, my jump shot is better than my acting game because I'm just terrible at both. We've seen it. You've been really hard on yourself today. Whatever, man. It's about Tyler. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Well, we've seen the commercial. We'll show it to you later. It's good. Sweet. It's good. Okay. You did did well. I was worried. No, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler Haas with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is BYU Basketball Media Day. Here we are, October 2nd. you look back at the last game you played in March, the NCAA tournament. You've had a long offseason to train and, and get better. What was your number one focus to individually get better during this time off? Uh, I don't know if I can pinpoint it to one specific thing, uh, but I, I tried to drop a little weight, actually. Um, you, LeBron, and Carmelo, right? Yeah, I guess it's kind of the trend. Yeah. yeah. I might as well follow those guys. Uh, but I, I did lose a little bit of weight. I'm trying to improve a little bit to defensively, get a little bit quicker. Uh, and then I tried to improve my range, uh, try and shoot a few more three-pointers this year. And so those were, those were a few big things this offseason. Okay. So how what, mu- what weight much, to weight? How much weight did you drop? Yeah. Uh, about seven or eight pounds. Okay. Yeah, I'm down around 190 pounds. So what kind so. of difference does that actually make on the basketball court? Uh I mean, I feel like my endurance is better. I feel like just laterally on defense, I'm a, I'm a little bit quicker. But I guess time will tell with that. Um, uh, you know, the season's still a month away. Uh, there's still a lot to improve on. Got to stay healthy, too. So. TMZ also says that if you lose weight, you look better when you, when you act and you're on camera. So yeah, Is that true? I, I, yeah. I haven't even heard that. Wow. <laughs> I think that was the secret. <laughs> um, you're weird. You have a mid-range jump shot. That's, a, that's like a dead thing in basketball, the mid-range jump shot. When did you decide, you know what, I'm going to have this part of my game that most other people don't have? 
You know, it's interesting. Uh, my church that I grew up playing in isn't a full-size court. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's cut off on, on the sideline. And my my dad and I call it a, a mid-range shooter gym. And so I, I grew up just working on, you know, those simple down screen and curls to uh, that junction area. And I, I don't know, I just grew up doing that and, and fell in love with that shot and felt like it was really good for my game. And um, my grandpa always encouraged me to, to work on that, that pull-up jumper, and that's what was going to make me a good player. And so I really tried hard to focus on that growing up, and uh, it's just part of my game now. If we speak straightforward, offense wasn't necessarily a problem for BYU basketball last year. You scored a ton of points. You yeah. went into the century mark more than a few times. But the emphasis from your coaches and from you, you told us earlier, we want to get better as a team defensively. How do you get better defensively, and how will that translate to the court? What do you look for to say, yeah, we're, we're a better defensive team? Well, it just it starts every single day in practice and trying to change that, you know, the culture of our team, that mindset of our team, because there's so many talented scorers on the team, and everyone everyone wants to put the ball in the basket. And so we're trying to you know, put that emphasis and that, that focus that uh, we're going to get down and guard and it's not okay to let your guy score. And uh, we're, we're focusing a lot more on that. So hopefully that changes. Does that mean more man-to-man defense? Is that what you're getting at? Mm-hmm. Like on ball, I'm going to stop my defender? For or sure. Or my uh, offense play? For sure. No, we got to have pride personally, uh, you know, that one-on-one defense, but also trusting the guy behind you and trusting your rotations and uh, all, the, all those little things that, that make a, a, a really good team defense. You've been listed as one of the best wing players by a number of preseason publications in college basketball right now. Expectations are high, but how do you take the step to go next level? I know you mentioned three-pointers already, but how does Tyler Haas improve upon what you've already done? Uh, gosh, no, I, hopefully I can just translate the things that, that I've worked on this off season. Um, but I, you know, being a senior now, I, I have to take that, that leadership role and help all, help all the younger guys come along. I feel like I've got lots of experience under my belt. Uh, so just keeping guys heads right. Uh, but just being consistent every single, every single day. I think that's what's made me good so far and just striving to, to be consistent uh, each day in practice and then every single game. What makes a good leader to you? Someone that uh, doesn't leave anyone behind and doesn't let anyone go sideways. Uh, there, were, there were times last year where lots of guys could have gone sideways, and I felt like the leaders of that team helped everyone stay together. Um, and, you know, there will be ups and downs this season hopefully less downs, um, <laughs> you know, but the leader has to be the one that keeps everyone together, keeps everyone focused on, on the main goals. Who is the verbal leader of this team? And maybe you have yet to see that, but based on who's coming back, a lot of new guys, I imagine it'll be someone that's returning. Right? Who's going to get in your face? Who's gonna get Who can in... call the other guys out? You know? uh, no, there, there's a few different guys. Uh, I think Kyle's one that, that really takes a, a vocal role. Uh, Chase Fisher has a lot of experience. Uh, that doesn't seems, surprise me at all. Seems like he doesn't stop <laughs> talking some days. <laughs> we'll talk to Chase later. Uh, um, but, I mean, there, there's lots of other guys that have um, a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom to share. I mean, Ants and, and Nate 
and are you Josh. Say, are you gonna say your name in there? And my and uh, yeah, no, I I need to step up and take a more vocal role and um, take communication seriously. <laughs> Tyler Haas with us on BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate the honesty and, and the straightforward response right there. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you how do you take more of a, a vocal role when it's not maybe your style? Yeah, no, it's it's a tough thing sometimes. I think. I just need to force myself to to say what I'm thinking because I I see I see the game pretty well. I feel like I have a pretty good basketball IQ, and so um, just helping guys um, improve each day and and talking about the little things with them uh, can go a long way. I think. Yeah, and uh, one of the best uh, ways to lead is by example, and you get a bunch of buckets, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. You like this music? Yeah, that's sweet. 656. You need 656 points to pass Jimmer Fredette for the most in BYU history. Uh, at 23 points a game, that'll take you 28 games. What uh, Have you conversed with Jimmer about this? I haven't. At all? Nothing. I haven't. No, Nothing. We haven't talked about it. What would, what would it mean? I know we've asked you this, but now that we're getting closer to the season, is that something that uh, you ever envisioned that you'd even come close to? When no, you came to BYU? No, no way. Not in my wildest dreams. It it kind of just it's kind of just happened and um I you know, I can't take I can't take all the credit. I got to give all the credit to my coaches and my teammates and everyone for trusting me and getting getting me the ball. And we hope we hope you stay healthy and continue to score a bunch cuz that's going to be a special thing. That's really going to be a special thing if you're number one in your past gymmer. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Question for you, the Tyler. The understatement of the year by Tyler Haas right there. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Question for you, Tyler, from at Drew for BYU. Do you envision yourself playing in the NBA after your senior season? I do. I do. I, I want to play in the NBA, and that's always been my dream and goal. And But you can't, you can't look too far ahead. Uh, you got to just take things one step at a time and – uh, my focus is is all on BYU basketball right now, and and what we're doing here. We got to have a good, really good year, and 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 win. That's our main goal. What? Seventeen yeah. eligible players. Describe to us kind of uh, what this team you think this team is going to be like. It's a, it's a very deep team, uh, and lots of guys that can really play, can really score the ball, and so practices already I mean are, are really competitive and pickup ball is really competitive and guys guys are competing guys want to play and 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 be a part of this thing and so I, I've noticed just a different energy in uh, in the stuff that we've been doing already and I I fully expect that to translate to the court winning clearly makes everything better and so how much winning will it take for this to qualify as a good or successful season? Uh, you know, Coach Rose, he, he, he came and told us the other day that our main goal, our, our one goal is to win. And we want to win every tournament we play in. We want to win our conference championship. And we want to go as far as we've ever gone uh, in the tournament. And so the, our, goal, our goal is to win. And, uh, you know, we want, we want to do that. Tyler Haas is a really good basketball player. I love the tweet that you sent out last year, Jeremy, about Tyler. Oh, thank you. Tyler Haas is in a different galaxy than the rest of you and me, or the rest of all of us. It's very true. He is. And give him credit. What did he tell us there? He told us he wanted to be better on defense and better at threes. I think check and check on that. 
I really do. It's because he's... Defense harder to quantify, but threes. He is killing. He's slimmed down. He looks more cut, more lean. Yeah, he looked chunky last year. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He only lost like 10 pounds. I couldn't even tell that he lost weight. Oh, my goodness. He wasn't Jimmer as an elementary school kid. He says he wants to win a tournament game for BYU. That'd be a great way to go out after a senior season. That'd be great. Win in Vegas, too. Let's go. Conference championship. Up next, he's a member of Houston's Five Slam Ajama fraternity. It's BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Merry day after Christmas. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer more Linton and team, Jaron please. Jordan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. Saturday is BYU Men's Hoops versus Gonzaga. Monday is Game 2 of the WCC Slate, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU in Portland, keep it weird, 9 Eastern time, Monday night. little FHE action, you know what I'm saying? Does Portland do anything besides shoot threes? What's his name? Bobby uh... Hurley. Bob... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the dude's name. All I know is he shoots a lot of three Bobby points. McBuckets <laughs> against much, BYU last pretty year. Pretty much. Oh, goodness. On Media Day, we were joined by BYU head coach Dave Rose. Spoke to him about what a difference a year can make in leadership. Now they have five seniors. How does he expect those five seniors to make an impact over the course of the season? I'll tell you what I really love about the beginning, the makeup of this team, is it's our seniors. We coached last year. Uh, probably the first time in 30 years of coaching in high school, junior college, or at the Division One level where we haven't had those senior guys. Mm-hmm. In junior college, they were sophomores, but those guys who are playing their last time through, and we've got five of them this year, and they're, they're special guys, uh, that urgency that they bring uh, every day, and I'm really looking forward to the start of practice on, uh, on Monday. But uh, this group of guys is really special because they all come from – they all bring a different experience to the team. You take Tyler Haas and, and his experience and Nate with uh, the, the hard work and the, the kind of the, the, the hard nose, mm-hmm. lunch bucket, you know, uh, hard hat, you know, approach to the game. And Anson, who's been a starter, has been a reserve. He's had huge games and been here for this is fifth year in a row now. Uh, and the things that he's like the end of the season last year, what he brought to a Skylar Hawes, I mean Skylar Halford, and his experience of being at Utah State for a year and going to junior college and now playing here. I just think, and Josh Sharp, his experience of uh, of coming in when we needed him in so many different situations over the last couple of years, he was ready to have his number called mm-hmm. and be ready to, to contribute. So that experience to be able to to have that you know, go through the team with our younger guys. Uh, as a coach, you can think a little bit more of having things work from the outside, from the inside out instead of always from the outside where the coaches are trying to put that in on your team. You're going to have guys on the inside that are really going to help our guys. Ten eligible players last year, now 17. What kind of management will that require from you? Well, I, I mean, I, I love the makeup of our team last year. Uh, the fact that we were able to have – uh, those three guys in practice, especially at the second semester with Jamal and uh, Chase Fisher and uh, Isaac. Isaac, Isaac Nielsen, uh, what I, what I kind of look at is we got into a really tough situation last year. We lost those four games in a row, but our guys, the way they responded is what was special. And I, I think we're feeling the momentum of January through April from last year's team. 
where we finished the season 13 and three or something like that on a, on a great roll and get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, and these guys are ready to carry that on with some new players. Great additions. Uh, managing that group, I've always felt like we'll do our, our part to, to give them all opportunities, and then they'll decide how it's all going to play out uh, with uh, you know, their consistency, their effort, their discipline, their accountability. And then sometimes there's other outside influences with, uh, with injuries and things that kind of fall into play. But uh, I like the group, and I'm excited to get started. You didn't have much trouble scoring the basketball last year. You may have noticed that from your position on the court. And you did mention to us the last time we talked to you at length, Coach, that you wanted to get better defensively as a team. What do you do from practice number one to gauge if you have gotten better over the summer and moving forward? Well, I think the first thing is, is that you guys have to believe that. And that's from you know our captains to our seniors that they believe uh, that the way to, to, uh, to really improve uh, – uh, and with this year's team and go further into the postseason is uh, for us to, you know, to be stronger defensively. Uh, I think what we just talked about, the depth of our team mm-hmm. can help you with that. Uh, the, 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 the way the game is going to be called is an issue and how we start the season this year. Last year where everybody was being fouled and everybody was going to the free throw line. We'll see how that actually – the adjustments you have to make to that. But uh, the mindset with our group right now is that uh, – we are going to be a, a, a much deeper, a much uh, stronger, a much more physical defensive team. How did you discover Corbin Kafusi? <laughs> I think Corbin may have discovered us uh, <laughs> you know, more than uh, uh, I had a conversation with uh, with Bronson uh, in the middle of the summer about Corbin, and, and I'd seen Corbin kind of around and uh, kind of playing some pickup games with our guys around camp, um, but really felt that 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 Corbin would play the football season. And then in December, we would kind of deal with what options were available uh, for him as far as basketball. And that all changed uh, right around the the middle of July, maybe the end of July, where uh, he said that uh, he came in and talked to me and felt like um, he wasn't as interested anymore of, 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 you know, playing that first year of football. Uh, They had plans for him to, you know, kind of gained 30, 40 pounds, and that wasn't going really well with him. He Sounds wasn't, wasn't fun. feeling really, really well. But, but uh, he, what he said was that he was working out in the morning with football and couldn't wait till the afternoon when he could play pickup basketball. And he said he just wanted to give it a try and see if there was an opportunity for him with us. And, and there was no question when he approached us that that's what our guys wanted. Uh, I talked with, with with a lot of the players who had played with him during the, the summer and said that that. You know, he is big and physical and can run, and he's active. He's got good timing, and those are all things that have obviously been confirmed with us since we've started working with the guys at the, since the beginning of the year. So, You took their recommendation? They, uh, they, they were, you know, really kind of astute in their recruiting abilities. So <laughs> I've always said that our players are our best recruiters, and in mm-hmm. this case, uh, I think that the fans will really enjoy watching Corbin. Yeah, Tyler Haas told us the first time he saw him dunk, he was like, uh... We need we need that guy. <laughs> we well, need you, bro. His physical presence uh, on the floor is really interesting because he's a big guy who really he reminds me a lot of Nate. He he is on the floor a lot, diving on balls and giving the second, third, fourth efforts, and and that will really help us. The depth on that front line with really energy kind of guys will be a real addition to our team. Every year there are lofty expectations for BYU basketball, and they're set by Dave Rose. 
It's a good program, and so you want to get to the NCAA tournament. You want to win your conference tournament. Those uh, things are all in place for BYU. However, however they got to play really well the rest of the season. By the way, I like that the players recruited Corbin Kafusi. Got him on the team. He's super raw. He didn't play a senior year of high school, Spencer. But he's figuring things out with BYU. Him working with Mark Pope is a great thing. Oh, oh yeah. by the way, we looked up the sharpshooter from Portland. Bobby Sharp. It's Bobby Sharp. How could we forget that? I like Bobby McBuckets better. <laughs> Up next, a look at Steve Young's career and how it almost never happened with Sports Illustrated's Jeff Benedict. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Get your blue Santa hats before they're gone. Jamal Williams has his. I know that. We saw it in the 2013 season. It was great. <laughs> Coming up tomorrow on ESPN2 and BYU Radio, 6 Eastern Time, BYU and Gonzaga, live from the Marriott Center. Big game for the Cougars. I just keep thinking about Jamal saying his setsy. My, my, my setsy. What did, I didn't, <laughs> blue Santa Setsy Claus. blue Santa. I was like, setsy? Oh. I, love oh. That, I love that he plays for BYU so much. We it's, need more Jamal Williams. It's fantastic. Williams is. Yeah. What if, what if there were no Jamal Williams? And even crazier. You're creating a black that, hole of theory. Even crazier than that is what if no Steve Young? Yeah, we discussed how that almost didn't happen with Sports Illustrated's yeah. Jeff Bennett, good friend of the program. The guy's written tons of books and articles. He's an award-winning author. Uh, loved the system, the glory and scandal of big-time college football. Uh, and he's followed around Ziggy and Kyle. Like he's, he's been the guy for, for BYU football behind the scenes. Recently, he's been working on the story of Steve Young behind the scenes. And uh, we found out some very interesting things about number eight and how he got to BYU. You know, Jeff, we, we were we were reading through the blog, and, and there's, a, there's a part of it where Steve talks about, um, I think he uses the word insecurity, and, and Spencer and I were talking about that, that, that Steve is such a driven athlete, and, and part of that drive may come from the fact that underlying there's this great humility that is in Steve, and, the, and a little bit of insecurity about never feeling like he's arrived. You've spent time over now where certainly he has arrived. I mean, everybody knows who Steve Young is. He's a Hall of Famer. Sure. As, as you have sure. a chance to interact with him on a regular basis, is, is that humility and that insecurity still there? Do you see that? And does that still drive him in the things that he does today? Well, here's the thing I think that's really, really fascinating. I'm going to take you back to a conversation I had with him in a hotel room, you know, early on in this process. So when we started going and I was, I was basically meeting him in, on Mondays when he'd come east for Monday night games and I'd interview him and stuff. And I read a lot of books about other sports memoirs and biographies and I'd, I'd read some stuff on Joe DiMaggio and one time years ago, Joe DiMaggio said, there's a reason that rich kids never make it in the big leagues. It's because they're not hungry, and they've never been hungry. And I, I read that quote to Steve one day, and I asked him what he thought about that, because, you know, Steve could be described as the the person who kind of breaks that, that quote, because he's, you know, he's from Greenwich, Connecticut, the richest zip code in the U.S., and and so I asked him about it, and we, we got in the big conversation about what drives him. And, and humility usually isn't a thing that drives great athletes. If you think about what it takes to be a great athlete, it's, you know, these are aggressive physical games where it's, it's very macho and very tough, and humility doesn't usually come in. But in Steve's case, I think one of the things that is really fascinating is that he has genuine humility. Like, he's always had it since he was little. He still has it today. 
And I think that's what allowed him to get around that kind of Joe DiMaggio quote, which is a pretty true statement. But Steve had other things working in his life that were pushing him or motivating him to excel the way he did. And I think that's what makes him such a fascinating character uh, in sports history. You know, he, he so there's that combination of this this humility, insecurity, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the best word for it is. You're you're a better wordsmith than I am, Jeff. But but he's got that going for him. But he's this fiercely competitive. Those of us that played with him and stood by his side for a number of years, that combination, that competitive nature, um, you know, is, is is the combination I think made him as good as he was. Does he still have that edge about him? I don't get to spend time with him anymore, and 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 you've had some time. Is he as competitive sure. as ever? I mean, he wouldn't let you win in checkers back in the day. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think you know. Um, obviously, we all change as we age. You know what I mean? And and um, you know, I'm almost fifty, and Steve's still a little bit over fifty. And I think when you reach the point where well, where both of us are at in our lives, you do change. I mean, you you get married, you have children. It, all of those things change your perspective and your approach. And he's not a professional athlete anymore. You know, he he does other things in his life now. But I think those the parts of him that are traits that are what I call character traits, those are always going to be in him, just like mine are always going to be in me. And I, I'm sure that if you you know if you put him on a field for a flag football game, um, you'd want to win. You know, he'd want to outrace the guy to the goal line. He would want to throw the best pass. I mean, I think that's just part of his nature. Jeff Benedict, award-winning author, joining us on BYU Sports Nation. I want to quote an, uh, something from your excerpt that I that I was just kind of flabbergasted about, and that is that Steve Young admitted that he has an anxiety-ridden side. He said, there are two sides to me, the anxiety-ridden side, which often fills me with fear when I most need to be at my best. This is the part of me that I don't want anyone to know about. How did you sum that up when, uh, when he told you about that? Was it hard for you to believe? Because that one caught me entirely off guard, Jeff. Well, I, you know, one of the things about um, this is just more about the process, but in writing something like this, you have to sum it up. You can't just go on and on and blather on about these things. And so part of the trick is to get these these thoughts and, and these memories into a succinct narrative. And that's that's basically what he that's why he asked me to help. You know, that's what we're trying to do. And and I think um you know, to me that's one of the most fascinating things about him is because I often say this, you know, fear, uh, courage isn't being, um, you know, exempt from fear. Courage is having fear and being willing to face it. As being able to manage and I think, it. Yeah, and I think that's why I think it's we, – we tend to be a little too quick when we call athletes courageous or heroes because a lot of times we're saying that because they do athletic things on the field. They're fast. They're strong. They, they make great catches. They make dunks. That's not courageous, though. That's not. What is courageous, on the other hand, is individuals who, who do have fears, and they face them and move on. And I mean, if you think of Steve's stories, I mean, coming to BYU and succeeding Jim McMahon, the greatest, arguably the greatest quarterback in college history up to that point. I mean, who wants to go after him? But that's nothing compared to going to San Francisco and coming after Joe Montana. I mean, that's like times 10. And I think his, if you look at the trajectory of his football life, it is story after story about things like that that most athletes 
no matter how great their athletic talent is, would not be able to hold up under those circumstances. He does. He doesn't do it once. He does it habitually. And I think that's what makes him the great player. I mean, he, he is a self-made Hall of Fame athlete. Sure, he had, he had great abilities. We all know that. But as he says in this chapter today, I mean, this is a guy when he got to BYU, didn't really know how to throw a football, didn't really know how to backpedal and do three-step drops and stuff like that. He had to teach himself how to do those things. And most guys, I think, would have withered away at that point. Jeffy, we're all jealous of what you get to do. And, and I know it's a job as a writer, but, but this had to be a fun project and, and continues to be a fun project. What's it been like to visit with Steve on a regular basis, to get to know him intimately, and, and to be able to go through these kinds of thoughts with him? T- tell us about this process and how, how much you've enjoyed it. Well, I, I've enjoyed it immensely. I mean, I um, this was it's been about two and a half years or so, not steady, obviously. But you know, we we first met when I did the Jabari piece, so that was two and a half years ago. And and I I think that uh, you know one of the things that it's enabled me to do, which has been you know kind of a, a great fringe benefit, was I grew up in Connecticut. I was the only Mormon in my school. I lived just up the coast from where Steve grew up. And he was a few years older than me, so when I was a high school kid, he was he was an All-American at BYU. And, and at that time, in the early 80s, where I lived in Connecticut, having somebody like him doing what he was doing made my life easier. And, um, and that was the case when he became a pro. And so when I've worked on this, I mean, one of the things I've done is I've, I never got to see Steve play in person when he was a pro. But what I do, what I've been doing today, or the last couple of years, is following him to NFL stadiums when he does Monday night games, and it's been fascinating to walk into these stadiums, even though he's been away from the game now for 14 years. When he walks into a stadium on a Monday afternoon, and it's mostly empty at that point, except the custodians and the grounds crew, everybody recognizes him. They all, a lot of these people that work at these stadiums have worked there their whole lives. They remember him from when he was a player. And it's really fascinating to watch the genuine respect and admiration they have for him. And usually it's not because of the feats on the field. It's because they remember things like his sportsmanship, his attitude, his approach to the game, his, its mannerisms. I think those are the things that, pe- of course, people remember, you know, when he threw six touchdowns in the Super Bowl and stuff. But it's the personal stuff with Steve that people cling to for a long time. And to be able to kind of traipse back through some of these stadiums and see these things, has been uh, has been a fascinating thing for me to watch. New York Times bestselling author Jeff Benedict. You can read more at jeffbenedict.com. 10,000 Spirals is the blog he just released on Steve Young and his journey at BYU. Really good stuff. So good that we want to read all of it, Jeff. And, and that's my next question is, how do, we, how do we get our hands on this? Is this even going to be published? <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's really up to Steve and, and – uh, you know, really up to Steve and his family. That it's a it's a personal decision. Um, he hired me to do something specific, and I, that's what I did. I mean, um, he's not the first person to do that, and and uh, and it was a great thing for me to help him do that. Uh, to you know, write his his life in a narrative form. He has it. You know, what he does with it from here is his call. Um, and um, you know, it's really a, a question for him. Right now, this is like a family history project for Steve Young. We're hoping that it becomes available for purchase for oh, 
All of us. I think BYU fans would eat that up. It's whether the Young family wants that. By the way, can Jeff Benedict write my family personal memoir or whatever? <laughs> like, that's fantastic. He's going to do the uh, biography of BYU Sports Nation. Is he? That would be good. <laughs> I'm putting we it out there. We do have a historian. His name's Duff Tittle, associate <laughs> athletic. Right? The forward by Duff Tittle, written by <laughs> Jeff Benedict. That, this sounds wonderful. <laughs> we'll give you a preview of tomorrow's match between the Cougs and Zags next. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We've already unwrapped all the presents, so what should we do now? We can't put and a And the bow greatest on this. present is all of you yes. watching and listening. Hashtag cheese. <laughs> Hashtag Tillamook. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Is there any question? Oh, dude. Santa Claus, he hit it hard two nights ago. He was fantastic. I thought he performed at an All-American level again. Go fast, go hard, we'll overscale, all of that in Dr. Bob's repertoire. Santa Claus, man, boom. Delivered a Lightning McQueen bike to my son. Did Jax. he? Yeah. Wow. It was, That's it was cool. nicely played. Or if, if you're Jax, you say, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> he's been, huh? It's like why why past, does he do that? The past week he's developed like this glottal thing, and I'm like, what are you doing? No, it's Lightning McQueen. It's Lightning. <laughs> he's headed for a mission in uh, like Germany. That's awesome. <laughs> Something like that. Hey, Gonzaga BYU tomorrow. Huge game, oh, obviously. Big game. big game. He got some guys that have been injured, are injured, whatever. Haas and Austin. What will their impact be in the game? That's a big question. If anything at all. BYU yeah. at full strength would be tough to beat Gonzaga. They're going to have to have a heck of a performance to win. Make threes, baby. <laughs> Ma- yeah. Make He's been threes. good at making threes this year. Really good, in fact. In fact, thanks to Chase Fisher, we, who we hope has like 10 threes again. Tyler Hawes, Dave Rose, Jeff Benedict, and everyone on the crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. For Jerem Jordan and all of his new Christmas presents. Did you get a favorite one, dude? The blue Santa hat? Oh, yeah, I got a, I got a new car. Oh. <laughs> it was awesome. No, I didn't. You're right. Shout out to Jeff Campbell. Oh, I love Jeff Campbell. Mid-range jumper, man. Awesome. All day. We're back to work on Monday.